You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Ken. I'm in the studio with Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, you know, I'm doing fine. Yeah? Yeah. You in some pain? I'm in a little, you know, I got some dental pain today, but... We'll yeah. You a little through. mad? Yeah. You a little <laughs> sad? Yeah. I don't know if I'm, I'm Has mad. Has anybody seen that meme? I love it. I love the Nanoland memes. Um, anyways, uh, uh, plowing right ahead forward uh, over the internet, we have the man who wrote Baby Shark. Matt, how you doing? Oh, that's me. That's right. I do recall that. Why did you do that, Matt? Because um, he's a the royalties, And then I got none. Yeah. You got none? None. No. You, you sold the rights for, for a nickel and a, yeah. and a soda pop? A no, he was, he was a subcontractor of Pink uh, Fong. So. I see. I, I only see. wrote the, the daddy shark part, so you only get partial. That's the problem. And the uh, voice you might have heard also joining us today in, uh, in place of Neil, Julia. Sorry, I, it's, I'm really bad about waiting my turn. You don't have to wait. You're, you're part of the fold now. So. Hi, everyone. You're, you're welcome to speak whenever you please. <laughs> We always interrupt the introductions anyway, so. Yeah, I'm usually good for that. But, um, you know, Ken, I appreciate you uh, announcing our guest today, but you can't have a, a great game, and I'm hoping it will be, without a great host. So uh, I'm going to introduce uh, today's host, our Oakland Five patron from Gaithersburg, Maryland, Holden Zeidman. How are you doing today, Holden? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. I'm, uh, I'm in College Park right now at the University of Maryland. I'm a junior here studying secondary education and math. I do a lot of substitute teaching, math tutoring, stuff like that. Uh, Sweet. My mom got me into trivia a couple years ago when she took me with her coworkers, and now I've been doing it ever since. She showed me this show, and now I'm excited to come on and show you guys some questions and host an episode. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate that. Um, so the teams, I believe, are going to be Julia and Matt again. Um, they won last time they were a team, so we're just going to keep that rolling and me and Jeff mm-hmm. are going to try to take them down, put them in their place and, uh, become the cream of the crop today. Any idea on team name today? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm feeling pretty super today. It's a Super Bowl Sunday. I'm thinking that we can be the, uh, Super Bowl champion, Ken edited in later. Ah, very nice. And in that case, I guess we'll be the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> As long as we're not the Denver Broncos, right? <laughs> Correct. There's nothing wrong with owning the Denver Broncos. 
So the uh, edit in, in later champions versus the Atlanta Falcons, and uh, let's go to the rules. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. All right, with all that out of the way, it looks like we are ready to go. Holden, go ahead and take it away with question one. All right, here we go. Your first category today is World Geography Spelling Bee. There are three letters that serve as the first letter of exactly one country in the world. For five points each, what are those three letters? Now here, I thought Holden was a nice guy, and then he presents me with spelling and geography Out at the same the time. Out the gate, Holden! Out the yeah, gate! Yeah, you know, the geography is good. The spelling is, is my... Yeah, they, those don't match for me, so... Well, despite my nervousness on this question, I think we will lock in, and I did actually get two of these, so... All right, Matt, I got I got Q and Y. Mm-hmm. Q for Qatar, uh -huh. Y for Yemen. Yep. Okay, and uh, uh, I was like Yugoslavia, not a country. That was the one I was thinking of. So, yeah, um, I don't. I don't think X is anything. Yeah, and I don't then, think J is anything. No, no, I don't think J is a country. Jamaica, J Japan. <laughs> Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tiny little country called Japan. Look, guys, I I spent a lot of time watching Sesame Street these right. days. I have I haven't really uh, yeah W West been Germany. I have an old map. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, all right. So right away, we came to Q and Y for Qatar and uh, Yemen. And then we talked about every letter in the alphabet for a boring three minutes for everyone else in the studio. I'll cut and, that. And, and, and uh, we settled on O for Oman. Oh, what a coincidence. We had the same three letters. And nice work for both teams there. That would be Y for Yemen, O for Oman, and Q for Qatar. Whew. All right, all right. So the geography and spelling turned out okay after all. Yeah. Let's see what kind of horrors are in store for question two. <laughs> Quite a warm-up, so let's get going. Now that I'm all, my brain's moving. All right, question number two, your category is pixie dust. On a previous episode of the show, I learned about Hogelslog, the Dutch chocolate sprinkles that are sprinkled on top of buttered bread. What is the name of the very similar Australian snack where round rainbow sprinkles are sprinkled onto buttered bread and typically cut into triangles. You're the Australia man. It looks like the other team is locked in. Julia, have you feasted upon this? Oh, I've eaten this. Yeah. Okay. So has Bluey. Oh. No children. Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. Between the two of us, yeah. It's a problem, but it's, it's like, not a problem. You know what I'm it's saying? It's like, it, I remember it having like a fun name. Like, you said pixie dust, so... Yeah. Uh, fairy. Fairy bread. Fairy bread. Yeah, fairy bread. Woo! -hoo! For real? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, I should. Oh, I. I was like, Let I should know. have just sat here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mm, I don't know. Yeah, nice. Nice work for both teams. I had this when I did a semester in Australia last year. It is awesome. called fairy bread. Well, how stupid is that that we just made up a thing and it was correct? <laughs> well, I, like I said, I, it had like a kind of a whimsical name I remembered. So when you said it, I was pretty convinced. Yeah. So All right, people, stop putting sprinkles on buttered bread. 
There's nothing wrong with that. It's been done. All right, next up, we've got math class. I'm a math major, so you guys know I had to hit you with some math questions. Euler's constant, denoted by a single lowercase e, is famous through a number of branches of mathematics, most notably for its use in the calculation of compound interest. However, Euler did not discover this constant, so the e does not stand for his name. What mathematical term does the e stand for? And for a two-point bonus, within one one-hundredth, what is the approximate value of e? All right, sounds like they're in. Um, how's about... I'm I'm gonna pull from my own brain that it's two point seven one for that's, the number. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> you didn't know that. No, I didn't. I actually think it's like two point seven two, but rounding. But we said hundredths, so okay. And then how about exponent for the other thing? How about I'm okay with exponent or exponential, something like that. An exponential. Okay, but yeah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been in that realm without you. So I but I like that. Um. Yeah. So I think. 2.7 is what it is. Um, it, this is very big in economics, and I have a degree in it, so it cost me $60,000 to know that. Um, and I think that it actually stands for a different mathematician's name. Um, he had a day off uh, once, Ferris Euler. Uh, Euler, I believe, is what the E stands for. All right, so that E, because E is used for exponential growth, it does stand for exponent and both teams did get within the range for the number. It is about 2.71, and everyone was in one one-hundredth of that. Mm. All right, so next question here, we've got sports geography. There is only one U.S. state with exactly one team in each of the four major leagues in which each team uses the state rather than a specific city as the location in its name. Which U.S. state is this? So you wrote Arizona, which is good for the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks, but Phoenix Suns is the basketball team. What so about Minnesota? Minnesota? Uh, Minnesota Twins, Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota... Wild. Minnesota Wild and Minnesota... Let's say Minnesota. Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. Yeah, right. you're right. Minnesota. Yeah, we actually had a beat writer for the Timberwolves on the show at one point who told funny stories about Tom Thibodeau. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Minnesota. And, yep, points to both teams there. That would be Minnesota. I'm fired today. You better watch out, Julian, <laughs> Matt. Well, he's got to get to the wagering part at the end. The winner of today's Super Bowl might just be the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> That's okay. All the sugar high from the fairy bread's going to wear out in a minute here, and Ken's going to crash. So. Okay. All right, next up, we've got map misconceptions. On a map, this state appears to have a simple shape, but if you zoom in, you will see that it actually has 697 sides due to surveying errors. What state is this? Matt, just what? where states are you thinking? Yeah, of? what are we, yeah, a, sim Wyoming? a simple shape, Wyoming, Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Nevada is pretty simple looking. Yeah, but it has a little bit of a, a corner. I think Wyoming yeah. is the most square state, isn't it? Yeah, I drove through it, and I don't get reception for long periods of it. There's nothing in Wyoming, so people didn't want to go there. And when you say square, survey. do you mean shape wise or personality wise? Both. It's both. Oh. Yeah, that's that's right. high cowboy country out there. So <laughs> better watch your mouth. <laughs> I know. So uh, Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let's go Wyoming. All right, we're going the other way. We're gonna say Colorado. 
So points to one team there. The surveying errors were because lines of longitude are not actually parallel, but the guys thought they were. That would be Colorado with 697 mm. sides. Yeah. Well, I learned something new, right? It's, what a great day. <laughs> And that will bring us to the first score update. Um, it's a very close game. Anybody's game, you might want to say. Um, but we'd have a slight lead here at the Atlanta Falcons at uh, 57 points. And then edited it in later, we'll have 37 points. Well, I hope those numbers line up with your squares, everybody. <laughs> Scoregami. Never had this before. All right. Moving on to round one, question six. We've got international sports. On the world stage, the United States is typically the dominant force in basketball. However, in the 2004 Olympics, they did not take the gold and suffered a shocking upset loss in the group stage when NBA player Carlos Arroyo led what non-independent territory to an upset win over the U.S. with no other NBA teammates? Matt is locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we lose to uh, Carlos Arroyo? I know. I'm thinking, do we lose to like Puerto Rico? Or something. Do they they compete I, with their own? Possibly. Team? They are not independent because correct. <laughs> they're I, under, I understand. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's say that. Okay. Uh. Yeah. This was a big part of the Redeem Team documentary that was on Netflix. I think it came out this year. They lost to Puerto Rico, and then they said, "We need LeBron James, Kobe, Carmelo. You're all on the team now." That's what happened. And nice work from both teams. They did lose to Puerto Rico. Next up, we've got the Dairy at the Ford Theater. In the 21st century, two actors have won the Best Actor Award two times each. The first actor won it in 2007 and 2012, and the second actor won it in 2003 and 2008. For five points each, name these actors. So we had Daniel Day-Lewis right away, and we couldn't figure out. And then when she reset the category, we said dairy, milk. Oh, milk. Sean and Penn. also, uh, he won for Mystic River, right? That would have been 03. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it seems we got one of them. We got uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. And uh, for the other one, we said um, Russell Crowe. So nice nice last-second catch with that category there. Uh, that was Sean Penn for Mystic River and Milk. And Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln and There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. Mm. See, I, I, th- I thought for some reason he did not win for There Will Be Blood. Oh, I was... I was which, which is a travesty. But I was positive I guess it's not a travesty because he won. <laughs> travesty redacted. Travesty redacted. Exactly. That's a great uh, title for this episode, too. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Celebrating Pride. World Pride is a series of LGBT Pride events held in various international cities over the years, the first being in Rome in 2000. In 2023, the festival was held south of the equator for the first time, with massive parades on Oxford Street in the Darlinghurst neighborhood of what city? So, something like Oxford Street, south of the equator, I'm thinking a couple things, Australia, New Zealand... Mm. Sounds yeah. I was former British territory, British. and then Darling Darlinghurst is that what we? That that sounds Australian. It also could be New Zealand. <laughs> Let's go Australia. Okay, we'll go Australia. Just uh, figuring Holden studied abroad there. Maybe that there's a link or something. We're also saying Australia. It was um the question's looking for oh, a city. The city. I'm gonna say Sydney. Sydney. 
we'll Australia say Sydney. City. Oh, Sydney. Yeah. All right, and nice work. I was at these parades at my time abroad, and they were in Sydney. Awesome. We're just celebrating uh, the fact that the movie Australia has been recut into a mini series <laughs> with this question. Didn't that movie come out like 20 years yes, ago now? Yes. Oh, God. Uh, next up, we've got global chemistry figures. Of all of the elements on the periodic table, 19 of them are named after people. The two oldest of these people were born in the 15th century. One was a Polish mathematician, famous for his work in astronomy, and the other was an Italian navigator, who is the namesake of the two notable landmasses he discovered. For five points each, name these two people. Oh, good. I made a face like I had no idea what he was talking about, but I got a thumbs up in response. They were locked in. Probably okay. Amerigo Vespucci is the other one. Oh, that would make sense for Americium. Um, yeah, if you if you go that way and not the landmass. The other one I'm thinking of is definitely Nicholas Copernicus for Copernicium. So it sounds like we got two. I'll, I'll, sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah, we also said Copernicus and Amerigos Vespucci. Nice work from both teams. That would be Copernicus for Copernicium and Amerigo Vespucci for Americium. Thank you for not asking us to name 19 people. <laughs> Periodic <laughs> table has elements for, or we would be I here until next Friday. Livermorium's a trick. It's named for the we, lab, not we, the person. We'd be sitting here for three hours with Jeff. Yeah. Nah. Well, bad news about the swing round. Williams, <laughs> right. All right, um, last question of round one. Yeah, last round one, question 10. We've got time to open up the PS4. Vespucci Beach, Vinewood, and Rockford Hills are the altered location names in the fictionalized version of Los Angeles that serves as the backdrop for what 2013 video game? Locked in. So, Grand Theft Auto, right? But which one? was 13 2013 well it takes place in a fictionalized la right right so i I, i'm guessing that would be san andreas right yeah it wouldn't have been although he said open up the ps4 yeah so would it be grand theft auto 4 could very well be because i know three or whatever miami or vice city was miami so four didn't have a very la feel i don't think i don't remember playing it so could it be Grand Theft Auto 5? Is it that old? I have no idea. I don't really play this I would, series. You know, forget San Andreas. That's way too old. Let's go with Grand Theft Auto 5. Um, I was recently playing this game, and I was shocked at how accurate it was to L.A. streets, where I felt like I knew where I was going based on my time living there. Uh, this is most definitely GTA 5. And, yep, GTA 5 is, in fact, running on 11 years old now. That would be GTA 5 for this question. Wow, well done. That's crazy. We almost shot ourselves in the foot while running away from the police on that one, but uh, <laughs> we, we pulled it out. It's like when two, I was playing two stars. Spider-Man, and I was in, like, Washington Park and, or Washington Square Park, and I was like, holy crap, like, this is, like, a, <laughs> literally a map accurate. of New York. It's, yeah. it's insane. It's great. And that uh, concludes round one, and uh, the scores are in. The Atlanta Falcons have 102, and edited in later has 87. So uh, still anybody's game, as we like to say. It's very well, close. This wouldn't be the first time the Falcons blew a halftime lead. Ooh, okay. He's calling a shot. Wow. <laughs> and before we move on, we just want to uh, send a thanks to our listeners on Patreon. And, uh, you know, 
try to pitch the product too, right, Jeff? Invite you to join. Oh yeah, 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 sure, sure. Yeah. Invite you to join. Yeah, <laughs> very exclusive club over there at uh, Patreon.com/slash Triviality Podcast, where for uh, as little as a dollar a month, you can get ad absolution. Uh, what's that? <laughs> ad absolution. <laughs> You don't so you get ads. Hear Jeff no, say no ads. Free. You don't have to hear this ad uh, this, or any this very ad. ad will be cut. Yeah, uh, or any ad over there. And of course, uh, we are now doing weekly bonus episodes. Weekly bonus. Most of them written directly by your beloved hosts or not so beloved, depending on which uh, week you're on. But <laughs> and crop drops and crop drops. Yeah. So. Um, if you are itching for a little bit more triviality, uh, we are doing a weekly bonus episode over there on Patreon as well. Um, so we invite you to join. There's yeah. uh, something for everybody over there. Again, patreon.com slash triviality podcast. I don't mind pitching this product because it's a good product. It, it is the one that we stand behind the most. And with that, we will move on to the swing round. So what do you have in store for us? So today's swing round, your theme is going to be Dutch guys. For this swing round, I will describe a person who may be fictional or real, whose middle name is the classic Dutch van. Number one, this American actor is most well-known for his self-titled TV sitcom in the early 1960s. Number two, not quite the composer of Rhapsody in Blue, this Dutch professional darts player went viral in 2023 when barely missing out on a nine-darter only for his opponent, Michael Smith, to complete the perfect leg. Number three, known as the Muscles from Brussels, this Belgian actor and martial artist starred in a number of action and martial arts films in the late 80s and early 90s. Number four, the leader of his self-titled gang, this secondary character in the Red Dead Redemption series attempted to lead his gang through the late stages of the Wild West era. Number five, known as one of the greatest guitar players in rock history, this man founded a self-titled band along with his brother in 1972. Number six, this politician and lawyer were responsible for capturing the escaped slaves aboard the Amistad and sending them back to Havana. Number seven, one of the best NFL quarterbacks of the pre-Super Bowl era, this man won the MVP award on his way to the 1960 NFL championship and still holds the single-game passing yards record for a 554-yard performance in the 1951 season opener. Number eight, in 1973, this man founded a legendary American rock music band whose name is an alternate spelling of a gym teacher in Jacksonville. Number nine, this man's namesake equation is an extension of the ideal gas law that takes physical properties of the gas into account to provide a more realistic depiction of the behavior of gases. Number 10, this ESPN sports commentator and UMD alumni is known for co-anchoring the 11 p.m. edition of SportsCenter on ESPN. All right, we have our questions. Let's take a quick break. Listen to those ads if you're not on Patreon, and uh, we'll be right back. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances— I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. 
You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. And we are back from the swing round. Uh, we have a couple good answers and a couple maybe not so good answers, but uh, let's see how we did. Let's get those uh, descriptions one more time, Holden. So, number one, this American actor is well known for his self-titled TV sitcom in the early 1960s. Uh, we believe that is Dick Van Dyke. We agree, Dick Van Dyke. Points to both teams, that was Dick Van Dyke. Number two, not quite the composer of Rhapsody in Blue, this Dutch professional darts player went viral in 2023 when barely missing out on the nine darter, only for Michael Smith to complete the perfect leg. Well, I don't know any dart players, um, but I do know George Gershwin composed Rhapsody in Blue, so we're saying it's George Van Gersh. Oh, that's really good. Yes, I also could, I couldn't remember if it was Ira or George that did Rhapsody in Blue, so I'm just going with Van Gershwin. <laughs> So, good pickups on the clue there, but no points. That was Michael Van Gerwin. Was that <clears throat> Number three, known as the Muscles from Brussels, this Belgian actor and martial artist starred in a number of action and martial arts films in the late 80s and early 90s. We are saying JCVD. Mm-hmm. Jean-Claude Van Damme for the... Yes. And, yep, that is Jean-Claude Van Damme. Number four, the leader of his self-titled gang, this secondary character in the Red Dead Redemption series, attempted to lead his gang through the late stages of the Wild West era. Uh, one of the most hated characters in uh, video game history, Dutch Vanderlyn. And neither of us know or play this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Matt said, well, Ken's going to know this because it's, it's his horse game. Yeah, the horsey um, game. I love riding the horses. The horsey game. <laughs> so we, we uh, went with Clint Van Eastwood. And uh, points to the Falcons there. That is Dutch Vanderland. Number five, known as one of the greatest guitar players in rock history. This man founded a self-titled band along with his brother in 1972. Um, yep, we said Eddie Van Halen. Um, yep, we agreed, Eddie Van Halen. Nice work. That would be Eddie Van Halen. Number six, this politician and lawyer were responsible for capturing the escaped slaves aboard the Amistad and sending them back to Havana. Uh, we weren't sure, but the uh, the van that we know from this time period is Martin Van Buren. We also said Martin Van Buren. 
And points to both teams. That would be President Martin Van Buren. Number seven, one of the best NFL quarterbacks of the pre-Super Bowl era. This man won the 1960 MVP and NFL championship, and he holds the single-game passing yard record at 554. Yep, uh, I think this is Norm Van Brocklin. Mm-hmm. It's a name I see every year when playing Madden career modes. Norm Van Brocklin. Nice pull for the legendary Atlanta Falcons and Minnesota Vikings head coach Norm Van Brocklin. Number eight, in 1973, this man founded a legendary American rock music band whose name is an alternate spelling of the name of a gym teacher in Jacksonville. Yep, figuring this is from Leonard Skinner. Uh, I think this is Ronnie Van Zant. We also said Ronnie Van Zant. Nice work. That was Ronnie Van Zant. Number nine, this man's namesake equation is an extension of the ideal gas law that takes physical properties of the gas into account to provide a more realistic depiction of the behavior of gases. Yeah, all I could remember is Jim like Van Fart, Boyle's Law, or something. But I, I don't know. I we just said the creator of the microscope, Van Leeuwenhoek. Oh, and we had we had no idea. We knew the ideal gas law, so we said Piv Van Nert. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good, guys. <laughs> so this one is the Van der Waals equation, no, named for Johannes Van der Waals. Ah. And number 10, this ESPN sports commentator and UMD alumni is known for co-anchoring the 11 p.m. edition of SportsCenter on ESPN. Yeah, my favorite bald uh, sports commentator, SVP, Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt. And yep, had to throw a turp in the show somewhere, so that is Scott Van Pelt for number 10. Following the swing round, Atlanta Falcons in the lead with 142 and edited in later, 122. All right, and let's go ahead and start round two, question one here. Category is Famous Fathers. I am a current Midwestern U.S. Senator. My father, Jim, was a well-known regional sports and politics writer for the Star Tribune, who covered the local NFL team for many years, and was notably the first reporter in the country to declare John F. Kennedy's presidential victory over Richard Nixon in 1960. Who am I? All right, uh, we're going to take a stab at this one. Not too sure, though. Um, so the Star Tribune, I'm 99% sure is the Minnesota paper. Okay. Um, I don't know any Minnesotan, uh, senators and you don't either. No, I don't think it's all the Illinois senators are in jail, I believe. So it's probably not. Oh, <laughs> no, governors. We like to send governors oh, to jail. It's the governors by mistake. Um, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Pick a last name. Are we going Johnson? Johnson's a good name. Yes, yeah. Good luck, Lucky Johnson. Yeah. It hits every now and then. But every I'll now feel and good if it's Minnesota. Every now and then it's a good uh, bet. We're just picking someone we know as a senator and vaguely in the Midwest, and uh, we're going to go ahead and say it's uh, Mitch McConnell. I I thought for a second there that was um, – yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Gerald Jimmy Stewart. Ford died today. <laughs> so uh, no points on this one. It is The Star Tribune is in Minnesota, and this father, Jim, was named Jim Klobuchar, father of current U.S. Mm. Senator Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar. Hmm. Yes, picked, picked up a lot of stories about him in a great Minnesota Vikings documentary recently. <laughs> Round two, question two, we have sound origins. 
The iconic double beat sound effect that plays when you open Netflix comes from an episode of the service's first ever original series released in the U.S. With six total seasons from 2013 to 2018, what series was this? Locked in. Locked in? Mm-hmm. Is that Orange is the New Black? You think that's their first original series? It had six seasons. I mean, I can't think of a lot of other Netflix shows that have gone six seasons at all for original programming. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah, Orange is the New Black. So that's a pretty common guess for this one. But oh. before that, we had Kevin Spacey's House of Cards. Oh, oh. and I was just thinking about that today, too. Oh, oh, yeah, wow. that's right. Because he said there's no Netflix without without me. Kevin Spacey did. Wow. Oh, wow. No points. <laughs> I forgot that I had a sixth season. I only remember five of them very well. Yep. And now we've got round two, question three. One word, two meanings. This word can refer both to the jewelry store run by Claire's that is marketed towards adult women or the ice hockey infraction in which a team shoots the puck from their side of the red line to behind the opposing team's goal line. What word is this? Locked in. I shop at Claire's all the time. And I know a hockey. I was going to say, I know a hockey, and that sounds like it could be the name of a jewelry store, though I've never heard it. So we're going to say icing. Yes, Mm -hmm. icing. And, yep, points to both teams there. This is icing. Much less popular is the jewelry store hooking. (laughs) (laughs) That's popular with certain (laughs) subsects. Depends on the state. One of my favorite bits on uh, 30 Rock is, like, when they do, like, the fake shows, and they have homonym as one of their shows, and it's, like, they give you... um, they give you the word and then you have to say which they give you the meaning and then you have to say which word it is and then they go no the other one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great forgot about homonym and then there's celebrity homonym it's yeah That's no funny. it's the other one so that always makes me think that all right moving on we've got the carter family the 2008 song mr carter features verses from two rappers one from louisiana and the other from brooklyn whose real last names, as the song title suggests, are both Carter. For five points each, give me the stage names of each of these artists. Locked in. So uh, Jeff wrote down Jay-Z. For sure. I agree. That is the Brooklyn Carter. Was the other one uh, Lil Wayne? In 2000? Mm, I don't know. Uh, The year on that one was 2008. Oh, 2008. I think it's Lil Wayne. That could be Lil Wayne. Yep. He gives me Atlanta vibes, but it could be Louisiana. That's what we're saying. Yeah, all of his, um, he has three albums, the Carter one, two, three. I think there's a Carter four, uh, Lil Wayne, and then uh, Sean Carter, I think. I forget what it is. Uh, Jay-Z. So, yep, from Brooklyn, we've got Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z. And from Louisiana, we've got my personal favorite artist, Dwayne Carter, a.k.a. Lil Wayne. Nice. Next up, we've got Add a Letter. Adding one letter to the name of a 1991 horror movie villain will give you the name of what current NFL franchise? You leave Hannibal Lecter out of this. That's the name of the podium I like to give speeches from. Hannibal Lecter. 
All right, I'm gonna oh. write down. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> locked All right. in, I guess. So these guys are locked in. Wait, is this <laughs> Buffalo Bill? Yeah, Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bill. Yeah, there you go. <sighs> yeah, that's what I wrote down. I was so excited. You were just like, oh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> 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 don't get too excited about stuff. Excitement. <laughs> yep, and and there we go. I was really hoping you guys would get there after a Hannibal lectern, because this was <laughs> Buffalo Bill and my favorite team, the Buffalo Bills. And the score is after five questions in the second round, one seventy-two for Atlanta Falcons and one fifty-two for edited in later. So it's twenty-point game. Anybody's game. Anybody can win this one, Matt. Uh, I believe that is. Accurate. To, to 90% of games that we play, yes. <laughs> All right. And next up, we've got so much history, so little space. In 1600, the six statutes of 1600 were written in a European country, currently the fifth smallest country in the world. These statutes serve as the country's constitution and are thought to be the oldest running constitution in the world. What country is this? All right, uh, looks like Jeff has a hunch on this one, so we're going to lock on in. All right. Matt, I don't know why, but I'm thinking Malta. Malta? Yeah. Malta's pretty small. Um, it's pretty small. I feel like they, um, are, they're super into their history there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know why, but the oldest constitution in the world, there's something ringing a bell for me okay. with that. But I'm not, I'm not 100%, but I'm happy. So you have... when I think of small European countries, uh, San Marino comes up every single time mm, as true. a very tiny country. Um, I don't know how old their country That I don't know be. anything about. <laughs> I don't yeah. know anything else. <laughs> I know, I'm pretty sure it's double landlocked, I think maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's always in one of, it's one of those facts, but I can never remember it. Um, I'm sure Jeff would tell me, but um, I, I'm good with Malta if, if that was your first inkling. It was my first inkling. Okay. If, if that's okay. Let's okay. stick with it. Okay. All right. We are, instinct here. we are going with uh, Matt's inkling, San Marino, I believe. And if only Matt had gone with Matt's inkling because this is <laughs> San Marino. Oh. No, that's okay. San Marino is well, my favorite it's... 90s quarterback, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Hag Sameach. Many American Jewish people give presents on Hanukkah due to its proximity to Christmas. However, which Jewish holiday, typically celebrated by eating jelly donuts and wearing costumes, is the traditional Jewish gift-giving holiday? All right. Well, Jeff says uh, this: the day I wrote down is actually a day of atonement, which doesn't sound like a good gift-giving day, but uh, we're going to lock in with it anyways. Maybe it's, congratulations, you've atoned for your sins. Here's a, here's a present. Here's a jelly donut. And a present, yeah. So my first thought was um, Rosh Hashanah uh, was always a very big holiday when uh, when I was out in L.A. It was huge uh, Jewish population. Plus, and Rosh Hashanah sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and that was another reason, obviously, that I was thinking that because it seemed like it'd be a blast. Um, but I I don't have anything else to add to it. No, I was trying to write down holidays I knew about. Um, there's one that's like, and I'm going to say this wrong, and I apologize. Uh, it's like Pesach. It's like P-E-S-A-C-H. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's 
I feel like that's a fun one, but I don't, I don't know anything else about it. So whatever, whatever you, whatever you want to go with. All right. since well, this time you'll be right. So we're going to go with Rosh Hashanah <laughs> and hope for the best. All right. So Rosh Hashanah is pretty fun. I can tell you Yom Kippur is not very fun, but the correct answer here is Purim. Our traditional celebration and gift-giving holiday. Mm, Julie was on to something. It's going to be in about late March this year. All right. Next up, we've got math history. Ancient Greek mathematicians believed that every number could be expressed as a ratio of two integers until Hippasus asserted that the square root of two could not be. For this assertion, Hippasus was drowned at sea. What is the name for numbers such as the square root of two that cannot be expressed as a ratio of two integers. I wish I was drowned at sea right now. Um, <laughs> you, you you have a thought? Okay. We know. We know. Both of us know. Oh, yeah. Right. Both of us. Yeah. Drowning yourself at sea would be an irrational thing to do. Um, do you have any ideas, Julia? It, is it prime? I believe it's like, prime. Just the term yeah. prime. It can only be divided by itself, essentially, right? Yeah, or the I don't know what I don't know, the ratio of two integers. I'm not sure what that. It can mean a lot. That means it can mean a lot. Yeah, it's open to interpretation. <laughs> really? Math, like most math, historically, like mo- most math things, it's open to interpretation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's more art than science. Um, I'm fine. Well, is irrational? Is irrational the right answer? It might be. Like square root of two is, you know. Yeah. Let's go with that. Uh, okay. We'll go with irrational this time. You said it was irrational to drown yourself at sea. And I would think that um, if if it could not be summed by a ratio, it might be irrational. Oh. And yes, uh, these numbers that cannot be expressed as the ratio of two integers are irrational numbers. You know, I never put the word ratio into <laughs> irrational until just now. Just this instant. All right, next up, we've got deoxidized performance arts. With almost 37 million tickets sold from 1984 to 2004, what performer holds the record for most tickets sold to a solo act? Okay, so thanks to the uh, the clue there, I think uh, we're locked in. So I was originally, I think I had heard that this was Neil Diamond. Um, because he would sell out Madison Square Garden, like he had a residency there, um, and I know he did that for a long period of time. And the category was deoxidized something or other, which lends me to diamond. performance arts. Yeah. Okay. You good with Neil Diamond? Great. Sure. Okay. So we're going a little bit of a different way. We think the deoxidization happens to uh, to uh, copper and turns it green. And uh, we're going with David Copperfield. And yep, deoxidized was a nod to copper there for David mm. Copperfield. Last question of round two. I was like, rusty, <laughs> rusty. <laughs> rusty nails. Don't, don't know any rusty uh, yeah. like performance artists. Yep. Uh, last question of round two. We've got losing streaks. What Atlantic Division NHL team holds the record for longest playoff drought in NHL history at 12 years and counting and is tied for the record of most consecutive losses in a season, dropping 18 straight games in the 2020 to 2021 season? All right, we're uh, locked in with a guess here. Mm. 
Did you say how long the playoff drought was? 12 years and counting. Yeah. I was originally thinking Islanders, but I think that they had a couple of good seasons a couple of years back. Um, so I'm pretty sure that this is um, another Buffalo nod, and this is the Sabres. Yeah, Sa- we were trying Sabres, to think. Actually. Yeah, we were trying to think of the... <laughs> Dunder Mifflin and Sabre. The biggest bunch of sucked, sucks whoever sucked. Minus uh, Jack Eichel now, uh, we're going to say the Buffalo Sabres. It's, it's been wonderful to watch Sabres hockey this last decade plus or so, <laughs> and this is the, uh, the Buffalo Sabres on their way to playoff miss number 13. And following the second round, Atlanta Falcons has expanded their lead slightly, but it's still anybody's game. Um, we have 212, and edited in later has 172. And really quick, we just want to remind all of our listeners about our Patreon. You can get uh, great bonus episodes weekly, including uh, trivia games uh, three times per month and then a crop drop once per month, in addition to the entire backlog of bonus episodes, which is like two days straight of listening or something like that. more than that. More than that. More than two days straight of listening. You can just let it run for like 48 hours and you won't run out of content on Patreon. So if $5 a month sounds reasonable to you, uh, that's like a cup of coffee, right? Right? I don't uh, know. Not anymore. Cup cup <laughs> of fancy coffee. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, join us on Patreon. If you don't want to go all the way to $5, we also have the $1 a month uh, minimum and many other levels. You can get uh, gift boxes, uh, character boxes, uh, posters, lots of good stuff over there. So please check us out on Patreon. What's the website, Jeff? Because I, I don't remember. Patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast. Thank you, Jeff. And now on to the final round categories. Let's hear what those are holding. All right. So Matt actually nodded to this earlier. There are five The Carter albums by Lil Wayne. So these categories are the lead singles from each of those albums. We've got Bring It Back, Fireman, Lollipop, Six Foot, Seven Foot, and Uproar. Well, this means nothing to me, Jeff. So let's just go 30s. Bring it home. <laughs> I have strong opinions on lollipop. Uh, no, we can wager thirty on everything. <laughs> I don't. I don't have. I think. I think. Um, I think we're good with thirties for everything. All right, you heard the man. Uh, let's go ahead and get the questions. All right, we've got bring it back. In 2016, what television series that debuted in 2000 and ran for seven seasons? was brought back in a one-season, four-episode revival titled A Year in the Life. Fireman. In 1736, what famous historical figure recommended the creation of the Union Fire Company, the country's first volunteer firefighting service based in Philadelphia, and served on it as America's first volunteer fire chief? Lollipop. In British English, a lollipop man is equivalent to what American term referring to a kind of safety officer? Six foot, seven foot. For a brief period in the 1993-1994 NBA season, the two tallest players in NBA history were both members of the Washington Bullets. Which two players, standing at seven foot seven each, were they? Uproar. Uproar is defined as a public expression of protest or outrage. Before the summer of 2020, in which the collection of protests associated with the Black Lives Matter movement was estimated to have been the most attended series of coordinated protests in U.S. history, a protest in the spring of 1970 with an estimated 20 million attendees held that record. 
this was the first time that what annual event was held still being recognized through the modern day. All right, we have our questions and we'll be back with the answers and find out who will be today's cream of the crop. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping family road trip trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. And we are back. We have some answers and uh, hopefully the correct ones. Let's go ahead and get the questions one more time. Find out uh, what's going to happen. All right. We had Bring It Back. In 2016, what television series that debuted in 2000 and ran for seven seasons was brought back in a one-season, four-episode revival titled A Year in the Life? I informed Jeff that this was the Gilmore Girls. Yes, it is the Gilmore Girls. Yep, nice work. That is the Gilmore Girls. Fireman. In 1736, what famous historical figure recommended the creation of the Union Fire Company, the country's first volunteer firefighting service based in Philadelphia, and served on it as America's first volunteer fire chief? Well, uh, this man was just full of ideas and, uh, what, syphilis? I would think. Uh, <laughs> we said Ben Franklin. We also said Ben Franklin. And yep, this one was Ben Franklin. Lollipop. In British English, a lollipop man is equivalent to what American term, referring to a kind of safety officer? We said crossing guard. Yes, a crossing guard. Nice work, both teams. That was crossing guard. Jeff also uh, goes by lollipop man sometimes <laughs> in his other career. Uh, Selling ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Um, six foot, seven foot. For a brief period in the 1993-1994 NBA season, the two tallest players in NBA history were both members of the Washington Bullets. Which two players, standing at seven foot seven each, were they? Ooh, seven foot seven. I thought uh, Manute Bull was seven six, but we guessed uh, Manute Bull. And then I like to watch a lot of infographics. I think the other one was uh, like George Merson or something like that. My Romanian sucks, mm -hmm. so don't. <laughs> yeah. How's your Romanian? Oh, mine's perfect. Uh, it's it is Manute Bull and uh, star of My Giant with I believe Billy Crystal, uh, George Mirasan. Mirasan, yeah. Nice work, both teams. That would be Manute wow. Ball and George Mirasan. And uproar. Uproar is defined as a public expression of protest or outrage. Before the summer of 2020, where the Black Lives Matter protests were estimated to be the most attended series of protests ever. A protest in the spring of 1970 with an estimated 20 million attendees held that record. This was the first time what annual event was held, still being recognized through the modern day. Well, I'm the uh, foremost authority on the Women's March, so uh, we said Women's March. That's a joke. We went, we went uh, the opposite gender direction and said the Million Man March. 
So, tough one to close out here. These protests were actually environment-based, which spawned Earth Day. Mm. I did have that thought, too. So, the final scores are now in. Edited in later has uh, 262. Very respectable score. But edging them out are the Atlanta Falcons with 302, making us today's cream of the crop. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are. Yeah. And more importantly, that means Julia is free from from Matt's uh, clutches. <laughs> yeah, you can play. I think with it sounds so. Uh, I think. Well, I think our our knowledge balances each other a, out pretty well. Team. But this was a very good written mm-hmm. questions today by Holden. Agreed. It was great. Thank you very much, Holden. Uh, it was a great game, fun to play. Uh, any final shout outs for you? Uh, I'll give a shout out to my mom for getting me into trivia, get me into triviality. I did not tell her that I planned on hosting a game, so nice. She that should is, be a fun little surprise. She's gonna turn this on in the car on her way to work and hear me, and <laughs> hopefully flip out about that. So, hi, mom. Cool. Hope you enjoyed. My oh, that's games. awesome. Uh, hello to Holden's mom yeah, and all the other moms mom. out there. Yeah, all yeah. the moms. This, this yeah, all the moms, all the moms uh, who Julia, inspire. You know. Yeah. We have crying babies in other rooms. Shout out to the moms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And before we go, we want to thank uh, Airwave Media as always. They're our network. Airwavemedia.com is where you can find them. And they have other great uh, podcasts such as Bro History, Monster Talk, and Tumble Science Podcast for Kids. So uh, make sure you check some of those out. And uh, that'll do it. Once again, I want to thank Julia for staying in for Neil today. Uh, for Julia, Matt, Holden, Jeff, and myself, that was Triviality. 